Hey, so we started recording audiovisual and figured out that it's a really big topic, isn't it? so much to say. (laughs) So we've split it down into two parts for you. You're about to hear part one and then we'll be dropping part two into your ears very soon. Enjoy. From smoke machines to holograms to strobe lights and everything in between, today's episode is about all things AV, aka audiovisual and staging. We're going to shed some light, ha ha ha, and lift up the (laughs) stage skirt, ha on what we mean when we say AV, types of AV and staging, as well as the importance of these two elements to the overall look and feel of your event. So strap yourself in with some gaffer tape as we delve into the fascinating and at times baffling world of AV. You're listening to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the Insider Toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to go backstage with your hosts, Tamara Cook, Crystal Thane and Melissa Howie. All right, so let's kick it off with what does AV and staging mean and why is it important? Mel, what does AV mean? Well, AV stands for audiovisual and it basically refers to anything you might hear or see at an event, the technology that enhances that experience for guests. And so we talk about state, we've talked about staging before as theming, but for this episode, what do we mean when we say staging, Tam? Um, it's just building up a platform to so that you can see the talent or um, whoever's on stage um, from different areas. So. It is basically a stage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Does what it says on the box. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, yeah, I couldn't think of a better way to explain that than it's literally a stage. Yeah, but you can, when when you think about a stage, it doesn't have to be in the front and centre of the room. You can Mm. change the way that you use staging. So you can do the middle of the room, you can do side stages. Definitely different shapes. You can decal the sides of them to make them bespoke for your event. You can make them different colours. Remember when we put one in the middle of the tables? Yes. That was amazing. That was so good. So we had long banquet tables and we Mm -hmm. had a catwalk basically. It was not called catwalk anymore. Showing my age. It's a runway. Why is it not called? Oh, is is it offensive to cats? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why they changed it. I don't know. Like I actually don't know why they would change it. I didn't know they changed it. Anyway, um, there was a stage, big long stage that went down between the banquet tables. So you're a little bit further away from the person that was on the opposite side of you. But all the dancers and performers came right down It made you table. feel like you're like inside the show as well. Mm. It was awesome. That was just for the VIP tables and it, yeah, it was extra special. I should do that again. It was really cool. Yeah. And bring the word catwalk back because I don't understand why they took it away. I don't know. We'll have to ask the modelling world. Mm. Hey, models, <laughs> let us know. So why is AV so important when it, when it comes to our event experience? Audiovisual is everything. It adds so much atmosphere and emotion and colour and it really evokes all of the good stuff when you walk into a room. And I don't know about you guys, but we obviously as event professionals get to see what the room looks like before any of the AV stuff is added. Isn't it amazing to see what they can do with AV? Like, for example, oh, totally. a ballroom oh, yeah. is basically just a ballroom. Oh, and the carpet is always so ugly <laughs> in there. You, yeah. When the house lights are on, you're like, ugh, yeah. turn it off. And I, I often walk in, especially if the theming, the tables are styled and everything's done, but the lighting is still yuck. And I'm like, oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I don't like the colour of <laughs> any of this. Really, it only comes together when the lights come on 
literally lights, camera, action and, you know, the mood is evoked. And sometimes you honestly like can't really picture it in your head until you see it in front of your face with like, you know, that because sometimes when you speak to people, they're like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this light. And you're like, great. <laughs> Sounds good. But a yeah. lot of people are using AV in place of theming even. It's it's taken on such a new level. The amount of stuff you can project, colour, put sounds and signature scents when you serve a meal, there's so much going on these days. 100%. That's technology. It's come yeah. so far that, yeah, you don't have to actually do a centrepiece. No. What a world we live in. You can project a centrepiece. And people just think of AV, I think, some people as just the microphone, the stage, the really basic equipment, but there's so much you can do. So much more. Let's break it down. Let's break yeah. it down. Let's talk types and examples of AV equipment. Whew. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, microphones we're talking into currently. <laughs> There's yes. lots of different types that you can hire for events. Um, handheld or wireless is one of the most common, as is lapel mic. And then you have ones that are actually built into the lectern. Now, there's a bit of conjecture on the last one. I originally <laughs> had written the Britney mic and then someone named Tam rewrote it to Madonna mic. <laughs> I call it a Madonna mic. Everyone knows what a Madonna mic is. But Everyone knows what a Britney mic is yeah. too. I I might be generational. This, yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> generational. But um, basically a lot of AV people call it a cheek mic because mm. it sits on your cheek. So it hooks over your ear and it sits on your cheek. It's basically what motivational speakers use. If it's you're Tony doing Robbins mic. Correct. Yes. If you're doing a TED talk, you would definitely wear that. So you can yeah. walk and talk and move your hands. Yeah. And I think quite often you need to consider using more than one. So if you're doing a Q&A session with guests after the feature speech, then you need a handheld mic as well as a cheek mic. <laughs> and it's a good idea for you to check with your talent what they prefer. I was just going to say some people are just genuinely more comfortable standing behind a lectern and are good with the lectern mic. Some people, you couldn't keep them at the lectern if you tried, so <laughs> they might be good for a lapel or a cheek mic. Yeah, and I like personally, if I'm doing public speaking, I like a handheld mic because I need to do something with my to hands. hold something, yeah. And pretend I'm a singer. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Madonna? No, no. I think, that would be weird. I think that's another level. I'm going to vogue with my hands <laughs> while I'm singing. I think the Madonna mic is another level of like public speaking abilities because you're just so comfortable. It is, yeah. yeah. It's a comfortable speaker. No, that's no, using a Madonna mic, definitely. No, or a dancer with a lot of dance moves. Yes. What's very unusual to see these days, and I think clunky, and try and avoid it at all costs, is a corded mic. I haven't mm. even seen one for ages. They, are, they still exist still and around. it's a really good thing if you're booking a DJ and you're using their microphone to do your speeches, for instance, check if it's a um, cordless or a corded, corded mic because, yeah, they're just a pain in the... Well, massive trip hazard too, which we'll cover in a risk management episode in a few weeks. Yeah, 100%. As well as checking batteries. Oh my God. (laughs) We were speaking to one of our suppliers and he said the number one issue they have on site, they did the Royal Show and the number one thing they got called out for was, my microphone's not working. Mm. Did you check the battery? No. (laughs) (laughs) What? So uh, you can't have a microphone. There's no point without speakers. Correct. Um, And you can have them freestanding on tripods or rigged in the roof for a really big event. Or sometimes Some you venues have the, them, the yeah. inbuilt ones in the roof. However, I did, did have an issue with that at Crown. One of the rooms has built-in speakers in the roof and they were scattered throughout the room and every time the wireless microphone walked underneath one, it oh, had feed, feedback. Fed back, yeah. yeah. It was so annoying. I'm like, why would you put the speakers right in the middle? <laughs> Didn't we have our speaker have to hold the microphone like basically upside down, <laughs> beatbox yeah. style? Yeah, you look like a rapper. <laughs> 
That's kind of cool. Yeah, if you saw a bit if, cool. if you knew who was talking, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you are doing your own AV setup, always remember that the microphone needs to be... No, the, speak, the speaker. The speakers need to be in front of the microphone. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Speakers have to be in front, closer to the guest than the microphone does. Yes. Yeah. And if you walk in front of the speakers, it's feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things you didn't think about until the heat of the event. Yeah. <laughs> That's a trap for young players. Definitely. So what else, Tam? Um, oh, this is my favourite. Okay, projectors. This is where audiovisual comes to life. You can project in so many ways and it alleviates so many different things that we used to do. Yeah, basically printing. So printing out posters, printing out um, seating plans, things like that. So you can project obviously onto screens boring you can project onto <laughs> walls you can project onto ceilings floors people as well I think I've seen you could project onto a person yeah so you could do projection mapping I've seen a massive ball gown where somebody's been singing like an aria and the ball like the, the skirt of her ball gown was a big Cinderella style gown and they did projection mapping onto that skirt and they did all these different um, Western Australian scenes while she sang That's her song. Cool. It was spectacular. Um, other events I've been to where they've set up a circular truss above a table mm-hmm. and they have done projection mapping. So projection mapping means that they know where certain items are going to be and they'll project images which match the shape of that item right onto it. So for this one they had plates and they had – set out so that the 12 guests sitting around the table, each plate had a projection, its own projection going onto it. And in the middle of the table, they had scenes like fish swimming I was just thinking, is that the same event? It is. Yeah. That I'm thinking of. It was amazing, it was wasn't beautiful. it? beautiful. And, and it was all projection, 100%. And then you, you don't need centrepieces. No. People are watching a beautiful scene in front of them. Yeah. And it, it evolved as the different courses came out. It was amazing. What other that projection cool. have you seen? There's so many. Like you can project onto trees. What they're doing in Kings Park? Yeah, that um the Perth Arts Festival was it or Winter Festival? I think both. The last few years yeah. I've done in Kings Park. That is some spectacular projections. Yeah, definitely. Vivid Sydney is yeah. one of my absolute favourite events mm-hmm. ever, and they project onto everything. So onto the Sydney Opera House and the Harbour Bridge and buildings, just the facades of buildings, mm-hmm. and they'll gr- make. Forests grow on the side of a building. It's amazing. There's, I, so, there's so many things you can do. In Canada, I watched a show on the Parliament House in the capital of Canada, Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> Had a brain fade there. I was like, it's not Toronto. And that was spectacular. It was literally a sit-down 30-minute show of the story of the history of Canada. Oh, that's and they so projected cool. it onto the parliament house and you'd sit on the grass and you'd watch so it was you know ships on the water and then it would turn into the you know indigenous people of Canada and then it would go into their you know British history it was amazing yeah there's that really cool one they do in Perth every year as well at Brookfield Place yeah I can't remember what they call it but and I've never been (laughs) it looks really good (laughs) great yeah every year I'm like I've got to go and I haven't been yet but it looks amazing and the thing with projection though Projection mapping, it is not cheap. Mm-mm. It is probably one of the most expensive things you can do and you get what you pay for because it's the most spectacular vision that you can have in an event. A cheaper way you can do it is to have a large screen and build in things in coming in and out of the screen. So you could have 
images sort of if, if it was an underwater theme you could have fish swimming in from one side of the screen and then exiting on the other side of the screen things like that do you know what i'm picturing is like really cheesy av <laughs> is the shark in back to the future coming out of the screen do you remember that <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah the 3d jaws movie yep cool i'm really old <laughs> no, i love those movies <laughs> So leading on from projection, which is all about the vision in the room, other types of screens, you don't just have to project onto a screen. It can be an LED or LCD screen. Along with that, there's always, well, good events that are big will have live feed or sometimes it's called iMag. So this is roving cameramen and also some static cameramen on risers that record what's going on on the stage. So everyone in the room can see. Yeah, and put it up on the screens. So it is really important in a big event in a stadium or a ballroom where not everybody is really close to the stage. It's so important to get that guest experience. Yeah, it's really cool that um, there's an event that I go to annually and they do a live feed of the red carpet. So when you're in the ballroom, there's a thousand people sitting in the ballroom and as the arrivals come through, you're watching on the screens, the people going down the red carpet, having their photo taken. It's cool. Live or replayed? Live. Live. The annual in the ballroom by the time it plays? It's as you know, and the people trickle 45 in. minutes that people are coming yeah, in. Yeah, okay. And not everyone goes on the red carpet either. Uh-huh. So if you go straight into the room, you can watch everybody coming in. You sprint in. <laughs> don't want to be on <laughs> Is that the Doig Medal? Yeah, I thought that's the one you're talking about. Um, I went yeah. to this really, or I was working at this really cool event recently where they had a circular screen at the back of the room, Melissa. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> was it the one that you were the manager of? It was. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> Tam game as well. But again, that is just, you can get screens in any shape and project onto them. And that was what we did for that. So it was so effective and all we did was change the shape of the screen. So when you were creating your content, did you create circular content? We actually didn't have to, luckily. So we had a really big, like 40 metre screen at the front that needed custom content. But we had side screens which were built in, which were your standard 16.9 dimensions. Mm -hmm. And the 16.9 content could fit on the round. So all we did was make sure the content didn't go into the corners. Right. Because the circle would cut it off. Cool. Yeah. Thank God because my designer was not already not happy. <laughs> it's that she had to do four different types of uh, variations of the same themes. content pretty much. Yeah. And then also for four, two different types of screens. So. <laughs> yeah. And talking about screens, another thing you can do is you don't have to put them landscape. You can turn mm. them portrait and really change the room up. Just mm. think of different ways. I mean, you can even do them on an angle. You can think of lots of different ways to do the same old content but in a different with a different perspective and it wows people the other screens i love which we used at this event for the seating plan is the led they basically pull up banners but screens Mm. and we you can have one next to each other you can have six next to each other and the same content continuous one big picture will play on all six or you can have them individual playing their own content and you had moving content on yeah they were so cool AV companies have some really good toys now. Yeah. They're, just they're just ask. Really long, skinny. They look like a, a mirror like that you'd see in a, I don't know, a dressing room. They're long and skinny. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they're LED. Picture perfect. Crystal clear pictures. Yeah. Amazing. Actually, we saw them at another event. I think that I was with you where they, they had life-size football players on them. Yeah. That was cool. Football, probably me. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's why I say probably, that. Probably not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sports. Sports. <laughs> All right. So another aspect of your AV staging story is lighting. 
and its massive aspect makes such a difference. It can change the room. the room completely. Yeah, I love how lighting can hide a multitude of sins. So mm-hmm. you the can carpet. Have, oh, yeah. yeah, the carpet is a big <laughs> one. You can walk into a room where you know there might be corners where furniture's broken and you can't move out that piece for instance you can just make that dark and illuminate the things that you really want the guests to see they'll never be as long as it's a nighttime event they'll never know so mel can you explain what up lights are sure so they are lights that are placed on the ground and shine up onto a wall onto draping onto the trees at king's park a tree a prop tree we did um, at a recent event, anything really, you can uplight from the bottom and it gives it a really dramatic effect. And they're relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get those par cans that sit on the floor and they're not, you don't even have to have them corded. You can have them battery operated mm-hmm. and they're LEDs so you can change them to whatever mm-hmm. you colour, whatever colour you want with just a remote. Mm-hmm. Um, they're big bang for your buck. And changing the colour can create such a mood depending on what you're after. Yeah, and you can take the event through different colour schemes as you go throughout the night. Then we have... I was going to say all day, but that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> then we have spotlights or follow spots, which are generally used for entertainment on the stage. A spotlight will be static, whereas a follow spot will follow... Auctioneer or something. The around. auctioneer or the singer around the stage, onto the floor, wherever they're singing. And that's manually operated by somebody. Yes. my One of my personal favourites is table pin spots. So what that means is there's lights rigged in the roof above each table and they shine directly down on the table. So you can change the colour, you can alternate each table's colour, they can change throughout the night. It's it's such an effective way to, number one, highlight the tables, especially if you're putting a lot of effort into centrepieces, but number two, to change the room and the lighting and the feel. That's one you need to be really careful of because you can make food look Hideous colours. Uh, that's true. So you have to green. Don't go green or blue. You've got to yeah. choose your colours wisely because you can yeah, have a really beautiful, beautifully presented meal mm. and it looks like snot. And we're, we're really big on at least having a semi-neutral tone, so a warm white or a yellow on entry because people just want to take photos and those photos where you look green are not good. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, ladies, also don't stand under an uplight because it's not a good look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> chins for days yeah, all the chins <laughs> and you look really scary huh. um yeah i guess thinking about color washes and whatever the color of the room is if you are doing a really dramatic color like pink or whatever the color is just remember when you get your photography back that most of your pictures are going to look extremely pink one good tip is to get the photography done for food and that sort of thing when the neutral wash is on mm which is what we did. We actually have started, because we had this issue, one of our themes was green, and we couldn't use any of the photos because they were so specific to that event that we started putting a warm house light on when the photographer arrived before guests, getting him to do all the theming photos beforehand in a really nice light. We didn't want house lights, but something... And like they're good for marketing yellow for, or white. for your following year. Yeah, mm, definitely something to think about. What about a ceiling wash? You can use um, lights to create movement. So you can have lights that do like a watery effect mm. and you can project them up onto the ceiling and it gives you that movement, which is basically the sixth sense. Um, so the next type of light, um, Mel had to explain it to me and I only got it when she said bat signal, is gobos. So talk us through gobos, Mel. So the gobo itself is actually the template that 
you place over a light and that can give the light any shape you want. Like a bat signal. Yes, exactly. Picture a back <laughs> signal. That's it. So whatever your budget is, if you can afford, you can make any shape you want for a gobo to put over a light. So that will mean when the light projects on the wall, it can be the shape of leaves or a fish or your logo. You can get custom ones made. You can get letters, anything. Yeah, if you're having a birthday party, you can yeah. have happy birthday, Melissa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything your imagination can dream up based on your budget, you can get custom gobos made. And you can put those lights, direct those lights onto anything, onto the side of the building, onto a pool. Uh, yeah, you can do some really cool things, but you have to keep in mind that they are literally made out of metal and they're one use only. Well, not mm. one use only. They are one pattern for multiple use only. So you want to do something that's relatively cost effective. If you wanted to do happy birthday, Melissa, I wouldn't do happy 30th, yeah, Melissa, because you, you can't can use it again. Use it again. Yep. Not if you never go past 30. Wow. <laughs> There's wow. true. <laughs> Actually, from now on, I'm just going to be 30 again. Yeah. 30 again, again. <laughs> 30, 30, 30. Um, the last type of light we're going to talk about, my personal favourite, takes me back to the clubbing days, strobe lights. <laughs> yes. I don't really see them at like sort of big like tie events, strangely enough. No, although strobe lighting, yes, not the ones you're thinking of that oh. can <laughs> induce epilepsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the ones I'm thinking of. <laughs> but strobe lighting, neon lighting, that is a huge thing at the moment. Getting custom signs made in whatever you like in neon lights. Happy 30th birthday, Melissa. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, but they can be really, really effective and uh, very on trend at the moment. There you go, trendy. Um, so some other effects that we you don't see as much but are still quite effective – the smoke machine or hazer. I actually think you do still see them in a lot of things, but they're done. I just so don't go out. Yeah. They're, do, they're done subtly and you almost don't realise there's that subtle softness to the lighting. Mm, yeah, or they're, until they're not. Because we used a yeah. hazer recently and I wanted a low-level fog machine. Yeah. So it was specifically I wanted to walk in to a cloud. Mm-hmm. I wanted the guests to walk into a cloud. And here's a little story for you. So I <laughs> got this amazing piece of equipment. It pumped it out exactly how I wanted it. Um, but we weren't sure how long it was going to last, so we didn't test it before the guests arrived. And then as soon as the first arrivals came in, we put it on. But what happened was the bodies blocked the, the cloud from disseminating across the whole room. Mm. So as soon as people started arriving, we had one half of the room that was full of this beautiful cloud floor <laughs> and the other half of the room couldn't get past all the legs. So it was just, just not, stopping. Yeah, it was not filled Aww. at all. So, so yeah. start it before guests arrive? Is that yes. the lesson? Yep, absolutely. I should have put it on 15 minutes before, filled yeah. the room and then they would have walked into this. And they would have spread it then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also you've got to be careful how much you put on because it can be – there are people with asthma, asthma and things like that. So, you, yeah, you've got to be able to um, turn it off, turn it on and just read the room, see and, and check if there's any – you're around the room and people are complaining. Coughing. Probably time to turn that off. Yeah, definitely. It's a good entry statement, mm-hmm. really beautiful entry statement. Especially if you've got ugly carpet. Cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one we see probably more in concerts and that sort of thing, pyrotechnics. Oof, I, love a, I love a bit of if pyro. If only I had the budget for pyro. I know somebody, hey, we had them at the ball. Did yeah, we? they're not that expensive. No. And it, quite often the AV company will throw them in for free. Yeah, you've there just you got go. to get the right ones. I think they can look quite tacky. Depends what you, what you They need. can. But get. I think once the dance band's on, everyone wants a little bit of pizzazz. pizzazz. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, they are polarising, so 
choose your audience well. And another uh, a audiovisual staging technique, draping. Mm, this is a big one and it's actually surprisingly expensive. Yeah. Especially when they're built in, you just think, oh, you just need already to pull them across. in the room. Oh, you're doing. Just yeah. yeah, pull them across. Just, I'll pull it across, it's fine. Yeah. So, Tam, for people who don't know, what is draping? So, it's basically designating the room into the size that you want it to be using large, long floor to ceiling, usually black drapes. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes it can go around the perimeter of a ballroom, um, meaning that you don't see the walls. And then you can turn the black drapes, you can uplight the black drapes in any colours that you want. So it gives you more of a blank canvas. And another way you can use it is to just divide a room. So you may want to use a third of a room, so you'll just drape across a room Mm -hmm. to create a smaller space. The other thing I have noticed AV companies like to drape for is soundproofing. Or if, depending what the back wall material is like, the sound from the speakers can bounce back a lot. Mm. So quite often... Um, at Crown, for example, the walls, since the renovation, the walls are quite nice. We still drape the back wall and the stage wall because the speakers are facing that direction. Right. And it helps with the sound bouncing off and around. And And it's also something you can do on the go. It doesn't have to be a built-in system. So Mm -hmm. it's something that an audiovisual company can bring out to any sort of um, venue and create a different atmosphere and cover up ugly stuff, basically. Mm -hmm. And going back to projection, if you get white draping, you can project onto that. So that is such an effective way to theme a room. Imagine ballroom-sized ceilings or warehouse, if you're doing an event at a warehouse, that sort of – I mean, you probably wouldn't drape a warehouse though. I don't know. You could do chain draping. You have to think about all the different materials that you could possibly use. And, yeah, you can definitely light it or project onto it and that's super special. Yeah. Again, your imagination is the limit with AV. So your budget. And then your budget. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I know. I think we err on the side of caution sometimes when we're talking, but you can really get some amazing things and create create spaces that are mind-blowing. You can also use draping uh, to create a really special reveal later on or at the start of the event to drape off the pre-dinner drinks area, which we've done before. Yeah, so if you have a um, room that's, say, you're using a third of it in the beginning, you can drape off a section of it and then drop it. It's called a kabuki drop. Mm. (laughs) So the drape goes from um, one wall to the other. Guests are reasonably unaware that there's going to be anything else happening than the room they're in. And then suddenly you drop the drape completely to the floor. Then you drag it off to the sides and reveal whatever is behind it. So it could be a whole new theme. It could be a dance floor. It could be a band. It could be a dessert room. Anything. Yeah. I love kabuki drops. <laughs> um, this particular element reminds me of you, Tam. Dance floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Love dance floor. There's so much you can do with dance floors these days. The tech that goes into them. Mm-hmm. So you can have light up. So you step on a certain tile and it lights up. You can have ones that chase the beat. So they have lights that go around the um, dance floor and it chases the beat of the music. That's so cool. cool. I know. So there's the Saturday Night Fever style and then there's fairy light style. There's ones that you can have, I don't know what it's called, but it looks like like a 3D dance floor. So it looks dimensional like you're going into the floor. I don't know how to describe it. uh, What do you call it when it's like a trick on your eye? Yeah. Optical illusion. Thank you. That. (laughs) A trick on your eye. Exactly that. Um, And then you can decal them if you 
don't want to go with the tech Saturday Night Fever option. Yeah, so you can get white gloss, black yeah. gloss, wood, all different Circular. materials. Circular. Circular is my favourite at the moment. Mm. Same. Um, yeah, and decal them with personal messages, branding. Um, yeah, it's actually a really versatile thing and you can make the dance floor a centrepiece of the room. Mm-hmm. One event that we did, we had about 500 people in the room and the we did a massive, massive, massive dance floor and like – ridiculously sized really when you looked at the room (laughs) it was white gloss and we put get funky on me in huge decaled letters and honestly as soon as the music came on even the you know after entree we had some live music on (laughs) and people were out there they loved it absolutely loved it it was was never empty and you you can use the standard square pieces to make a shape of your own as well I've seen Dance floors start at the front and then go into a runway and then go back out. Go back at the end. It's almost like a like a letter H. That was really cool. Again, massive for how many people were in the room. But yep, and you can do raised dance floors. So you walk up a set of stairs and you dance on a platform like a we'll catwalk. Talk about that more in risk management. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's so fun. Yeah, I mean you've got to you've got to have security there. You probably shouldn't yeah. take drinks up. It's but all funny in- games where you fall off the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great when you're sitting in your chair and you can see all the people dancing. You don't have to get up and yeah. that's a bit of entertainment in itself. Yeah, and back so to dance floors you can do so much with. Back to live feed as well. Having live feed, filming people dancing on the dance floor and onto the screens is another great way to use that so that if you don't have a raised dance floor, people who are sitting down can still enjoy the frivolity going on. Yeah, and you have to think you don't have to have this in big budget events. You can. It's not... A huge stretch to get a live cameraman and have a dance floor and have that that followed and projected to the screens. Important question. What's your go-to dance move when the cameraman goes on you? Mine's finger guns. Uh, Mine's dancing queen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It depends on the song. <laughs> Does anyone not anyone else just panic when the cameraman comes on you? You like, have box, to little box, small box. I have to look cool. <laughs> I have to look cool. <laughs> for yeah, guns. I do go for voguing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, jump into our Facebook group, Behind the Clipboard Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Proprioception. Is that the feeling of move? What? (laughs) Also referred to as kinesthesia. Oh, yeah. It's the sense of self movement and body position. It's sometimes described as the sixth. Oh. Isn't there six? No, it's five. <laughs> what? Six cut, cents. Remember, cut, like that movie? Cut that. Proprioception. I like that word. <laughs>